The following programme is sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers. Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from World Radio Gardening. Well, we are in the midst of summer and autumn is calling. Ken Crowther's been to Wilkin and Son, the Tiptree Fruit Farms, where he caught up with Andre to talk raspberries. Andre, it's lovely to be standing. Nice sunny day in a warm tunnel, but <laughs> even nicer. It's a, we've got raspberries around us, haven't we? Plenty of raspberries, as you can see. Like everything everywhere, is red. Everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. And the pickers are coming up the rows, picking the raspberries as we chat. Now, I just... To recap, these are grown in a... Is that a completely open-bottom container? It's not open, actually. It's a container. It's got sides uh, split, as you can see, uh, where the water is coming out of the drain. Uh, when you put ex excess or extra water, it, it needs to drain somewhere. So that's why we've got splits. But the bottom is actually sealed, completely sealed. So we don't want uh, the media to touch the soil because all the soil-borne diseases are, will be, you know, into the media. And is that another reason why you keep them slightly raised as well? They're sitting on a slight yeah. mound? Yeah, they're, they're, they're sitting on a, a small ridge, uh, we call it bed, just keeping out of the ground in case uh, we get a heavy rain or something. And those, uh, between the rows, the, the gullies are filled with water. They don't get to the pot because, as you know, all these... Uh, diseases will, or different bacteria will be in the water which sits between the lines and will enter the media where we don't want to, to have definitely that. don't want that problem at all no, no now how many varieties of raspberry do you actually grow we grow one variety just one because you used one. to grow a couple didn't we you? used to grow but we stuck with this variety for a number of years and it's called radiance it's a primocane variety so the, the, the distinction between the two types is a long cane and primer cane. Long cane is variety which you have to grow through a year to get a crop the next, the following year. And the primer cane, you can cut the cane right from the ground, grow it to a stage where it gets to about two, three meters, and then starts uh, to produce fruit from the top lower down. Now, you know, we're in August now, so when did these actually first start producing fruit? Because, I mean, I've just tasted some and they're delicious, but when did they first start? We started uh, around mid-July, or I should say probably second week of July, very few berries. And you, as you can see, there's plenty of fruit still on the cane. Yeah. Loads, we only picked they? few from the top there. And uh, this year, because it's a bit of earlier season, we are about two to three weeks ahead of uh, normal season. And uh, we started early, but there's other uh, thing we're going to finish early as well. You will. Definitely. <laughs> so, plenty, there are still plenty coming though, aren't there? And, uh, you know, I, I mean, just looking at those bushes, they're absolutely loaded with raspberries, aren't they? They are. This year we've tried a slightly different technique. We actually reduced the number of canes per meter. Mm -hmm. So we gave the can more light and more space. It's actually, it's paying off. It looks like it's got more fruit and bigger berries as well. And that is going to help massively. Yeah, for anybody listening, I mean, the berries to me are nearly as big as a Loganberry, aren't they? And they're raspberries. 
That's they, how I look upon they, it. They are, they are. Because raspberries used to be small round things, didn't they? Pretty well round, weren't they, years ago? And then they've got bigger and bigger as time goes on, I think. They they are, but also there's a technique, as I said, you know, that the, yeah. the closer you grow them, the smaller you, they the are. Smaller they are <laughs> that, they, you know, they open the space, they give them more space, the bigger they get. How long can you keep these plants growing for? How many, how many years? Or do you out them and start again? We... This is our fourth season, actually, in these containers, and uh, it will be last season. We have to renew them after this season because we're seeing the vigor of the plant is reduced now. As you can see, the 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 crop is uh, they're about two meters, two meter high, but on the first year you get them to about to three meter high and uh, we know now the vigor is reduced if we leave them for another year that will probably go even smaller so it's time to get them off and start from scratch again now do you do the whole block at once because that seems a huge exercise and does it interrupt the cropping we actually do it we do it at once for a number of reasons and uh, because when we change it, this we call it one irrigation block. We change it whole lot because we run it as one unit. If we change half of it, then we have different plants at different age, which require different uh, water regime, fertilizer regime, and everything. And that actually creates more problems uh, for us. So it's all action this winter, is it then? Everything, yeah. Once we finish here in... Uh, October, we'll pull the plants out, drop the tunnels, uh, take the compost and everything, uh, recycle it or spray it to the ground, shred it and start again. Ken Crowther and Andre talking raspberries and so the cycle continues. Sponsored by Wilkin and Sons, established in 1885. You're listening to this podcast from World Radio Gardening. Well, we're visiting the famous fruit farms belonging to Wilkin and Son, the home of Tiptree Preserves. And from raspberries, Ken and Andre took a stroll into the rhubarb field. It's fantastic. As I look across there, they are so magnificent, your rhubarb. We're in August and you tell us we're still picking? Yes, uh, we will be picking here in the next couple of weeks and this will be the third pick for the year. That's impressive. It is. It is uh, for us uh, how we grow it. It's uh, on a raised bed covered with uh, poly and uh, irrigation tape through the middle to help the plant through its uh, growing stage through the year because we have this uh, high and low wet uh, periods and uh, when it's uh, no rain we have to support the plant and uh, keep it growing, keep it in the same vigour through the year. So that's why we get three crops through the year. What variety have we got here? We've got temporarily early. Well-known variety, isn't it? It is for us, and uh, we've grown this for a number of years, I should say, and that's the only variety we grow. That's, that's quite impressive because it'll encourage people at home to grow the same variety if they could see this now. It's absolutely fantastic. Now, a lot of... Books will tell you that you shouldn't pick rhubarb after well, middle of July. I mean, I always have. I've just said it's up to the plant. It's not up to the rules of the gardening book. 
So you obviously go by the same rules. <laughs> you pick it because it's ready. Yes, uh, that's what we we look at. You look at the crop at the, that time, and if the crop is there, it's nice, vigorous plant. We will pick it. If it's a, you know, for some reason it's a weak plant, uh, and the growth is not there, we'll probably leave it, get the all the energy back to the plant, and uh, we'll pick it the year after. How many years can you use this? crop for? I mean how many years before you have to renew? This is our second year on this field and we believe uh, at least six years and uh, we may go to nine years but again as uh, a rule of thumb is uh, we go by the vigor of the plant when the okay. vigor reduces and everything it's out. it's about the time to out. get out, out. out. and replant <laughs> it again. Now rhubarb do you sell it as a fresh crop or only goes to the factory? This crop is only goes to the factory and then from there it's used in number of uh, lines or number of products are made from this number of products and I'll tell you what a lady over here has got one that I'm very interested in because Liz you're holding English rhubarb gin liqueur yes, this is right. new isn't it very new yes three weeks old <laughs> it's our fourth fruit gin liqueur so we already have the little scarlet the English raspberry and the English damson which I believe you've you've tried we have you, indeed yes like the damson so this this is our fourth and it's using fruit this this very rhubarb grown here from the farm and it's it's sent to Haymans. So the, the berries um, the berries that we sent uh, rest within the gin, but the rhubarb we need to squeeze for the juice. And so then do that... you squeeze it here or that goes up to no, the... No, um, that goes there. So fresh crop coming from the farm, just up the road. Yes. Because it is just yes, up the road. Yes, very local. Haymans is just a couple of miles up the road in Whitton. They've been making their lovely London dry gin since 1863. So yes, the, the same gin. It's a fruit gin liqueur, so it's 28%. And with this one, you should get some lovely sweet yet tart notes. Very nice with a ginger ale to make a, a rhubarb and ginger. Or if you add cream soda to it, remember cream soda? Yeah, yeah. Um, makes kind of a rhubarb and custard. Um, or you so, can sip it as it is or add it to some, some bubbles. Right, so let's, let's try a little. Have a taste. Mm. Oh, Ooh. very distinctive rhubarb flavour. Yes. Very distinctive, isn't it? Andre's yes. agreeing with me there because we're all trying it. <laughs> Now, just, that is fantastic. And I imagine, is it something that you think you'll look for other crops that you can add to gin in the future? Possibly, yes, watch but this space. Gin, well, we probably talked about this last time, but gin has just gone a, a bit crazy, really, as a, as a category. There's, there's lots of gins out there. So it's a, it's a popular product to be making, and we've been very pleased with the, with the success. So and we've got plenty of fruit here, so you never know. Watch this space. Now, just staying on rhubarb, we said that it goes into rhubarb jam. Yes. Goes into gin. Yes. We just mentioned. Are there any other products that it can go into? Have you found anything else that you can add it to? Oh. I mean, do you use it in your cakes? Because you've got patisserie, haven't you we? You could. So? Yes. Well, have, in fact, are they doing um, that yet? They're they're not. No. Well, there's no. an idea for no, you. No, not the gin. That's that's a good idea. <laughs> rhubarb we, gin in the in the patisserie. Yeah, I like that idea. That's a very good idea. We did try some uh, lovely raspberry gin sorbet the oh. other day. That was very nice. Um, I suppose you never see, with with the mix of the farm and the factory, you never stop thinking of ideas that you could use the fruit for. Right, yes, yes, it mixes very nice with, um, we've got some fruit juices that we make, so there'll be a number of mocktails and cocktails that we'll be coming up with in, in the next couple of weeks using using the rhubarb. 
<laughs> never ceases to amaze me. And I, I, I'm just, I, I'm sure you're, I mean, we're very impressed with the English um, rhubarb liqueur, but also, what a crop of rhubarb here he's growing, isn't he? Andre's not bad at looking after the crops, isn't It's he? pretty good, yes, it's incredible. It's, yes, it's doing very well, the rhubarb. I don't know how Ken Crowther manages to do that. I'm just going down to the rhubarb field. And he comes back with a glass in his hand. Ken Crowther at the Tiptree Fruit Farm speaking to Liz and Andre. And that brings to an end this edition of the World Radio Gardening Podcast. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll join us again soon. This programme was sponsored by Tiptree Fruit Growers and Preservers, established in 1885.